Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash bookshow. Then go over to morbidlybeautiful.com as we are now part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network. It has been established that persons who have recently died have been returning to life and committing acts of murder. Have you checked the children? children. I want to play a game. The box. You opened it. We came. This is the All America Spook Show. Hello and welcome to a bonus episode. Here of the All American Spook Show podcast. I'm Josh. I'm joined here with Donnie. Yo. And the Professor Smoke. What's up? Will couldn't be with us, but we decided to kind of, for the first time ever in, in the Spook Show history, here on the podcast feed, we've decided to kind of shoehorn in a special bonus episode this week. Uh, obviously, earlier this week, um, you just, hopefully, you've listened to our review on Exorcist Believer. So, mm. hopefully, you listen to us and maybe avoided seeing that uh but if you haven't then go check that out it's, it's there you might want to give us a listen before <laughs> before going and checking that out I'll, I'll say that we did give a spoiler nah. review as well so like just know that like now we didn't do that i mean i think we gave away quite a bit but we didn't give away all the ins and outs so like even if you do listen to it and you still wanted to go check it out i think you could because we didn't give all the key plot points away but for the most part, yeah, like, you know, if you want to see it, you should probably uh, give pause before you listen to that episode. But that's out now. But like I said, we decided to take advantage of Friday the 13th falling during the month <clears throat> of October. This is I don't know how often this happens. We saw it on the calendar. We're like, you know what? We should take advantage of this. And the way we're doing that is we're going to be talking about Freddy versus Jason. Now, obviously, way back in our, uh, of course, I'm going to say this without looking it up. But I want to say it was like episode 30 or so. We did the first Friday the 13th movie. Oh, yeah. And we haven't done any since. Uh, and that was a special Mother's Day episode, right, Smoke, where we had all of our uh, significant mm-hmm. others on the episode that day. That was, other than that yep. Never Hike Alone fan film that we talked about back during Camp Spook Show last summer, uh, we haven't done any other Jason movies. So this will be the, the third. F- now, as far as Freddy is concerned, we literally just did uh, the first uh, A Nightmare on Elm Street back on, uh, what was it, episode 179, right at the end of September. So that, that's still pretty fresh, just a couple weeks ago. So we decided what better way to bring these two huge horror franchises together and talk about this on Friday the 13th than with Freddy vs. Jason, which ironically, just back in August celebrated its 20th anniversary. Can you believe this movie has already been out for 20 years? I know. Yeah, that's crazy. It is. Like, it seems like just yesterday, like, and I'm almost, yeah. I'm, I'm about 99.9% sure I went and saw this like on opening weekend, like that Friday <laughs> or Saturday night, because I remember seeing this in a packed house. So probably the only way that was going to go down is to see it like literally like the first night or two. Yeah. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember it being packed when I, I saw it in the theater, but it wasn't opening night. Yeah. And I, and I also recall seeing this with a with a crowd that was into it, so that made it a little bit, you know, 
yeah that that kind of juiced it up yeah. a little bit you know it made it a little bit more special but well we'll get into that so uh but before we take any any further deeper dive into it like we usually do i'll throw out the usual information and the the, the key piece of information that you should take and run with it is that we want you to visit aaspookshow.com we call that the center of the spook show universe from there you can listen to all of our podcast archives you can go to our youtube page from there and check out all of our series that we got going on over there, like Hammer Horror and Order, Grindhouse Gutter, Video Vortex. You can also get to our Patreon from there, patreon.com slash Show. We encourage you to become a patron of the Spook Show by going over there. And every month you'll get video minisodes, including the Library of the Professor. And uh, you'll also get Crapster Peace Theater. That's a, that's a highlight for you guys to listen to, but not for us to do. Uh I will, I will add actually that, uh, just a couple of days ago, we had our recent, uh, library of the professor segment where smoke, you actually took everybody on a little tour of, uh, Halloween horror nights down in, uh, uh universal studios, Orlando. So if you want, yeah, I think that's been uh, the third anniversary of that. Cause, uh, the last three years we've been going and I think I did the last two years before this, a library special on, uh, Halloween Horror Nights. So it's kind of been ongoing. Yeah. So like, each year. It's a cool, uh, Smoke, you did a good job with that. We slammed that together and we put it out. Uh, it's really a cool thing that you've done the last few years. So those live there on Patreon, including the new one. So if you want to watch a kind of Smoke's behind the scenes videos there of uh, Universal Studios, Orlando's Halloween Horror Nights, those are always cool little uh, tours that he does. So you want to check that out. And you can do that by going to patreon.com slash show or just heading over to aaspookshow.com and finding us there. And of course, you can get our merchandise and everything else over there. Like I said, Show is the place to be. So without any further buildup, we'll go ahead and toss to the trailer for Freddy vs. Jason. There you go. That's the trailer for that. So obviously I think we've all seen this before, right? This isn't the first time watch. <clears throat> yeah. I didn't watch it opening night uh, like you did or opening weekend or um, I watched it. It was a couple of, couple of years later, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't in the theater like, like, Dude, like I that. Was, I, wish I was hyped to see this. Uh, yeah. You know, back I mean, even now watching mm-hmm. it again, cause it's been a while since I sit down and watch it. But like when this came out, I was really like, holy shit, this is awesome. You know, like to be, this is one of those like right smoke. You go back, you know, into the eighties with this stuff. Like, uh, oh, yeah. this is like shit you talked about with your friends in school. Like, man, who would win this fight, you know? And then to finally get to see it, you know, as to whether or not you get like kind of a satisfying ending, that's 
ambiguous and subjective, right? But as far as just being able to finally see it on the screen, how cool was that? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. And like you said, that was I was hyped for it too. I didn't I just it didn't work out for me to see it opening weekend. I don't remember why now exactly, but I, I probably would have if I would have been able to, but but it was uh when I finally did get to see it, yeah, it was it was great. And like you said, talking about it before, you know, years before, and not only just talking about it years before, but actually it being sort of put out there by I think it was New Line Cinema, I guess, that owned the I mean, I don't I get I don't remember what the logistics were on back when, you know, Friday thirteenth part nine, Jason goes to hell. When that movie came out at the end of that film, you know, here's a spoiler alert if you haven't seen that. <laughs> so so let this be, you know, let this be your warning. Uh, don't listen to this point if you haven't seen Jason Ten and you don't want the ending of it spoiled. But I mean yeah. I mean sorry, Jason goes to hell. <laughs> uh but at the end of that Freddy's claw comes up out the ground and grabs Jason's mask and pulls it under. You're like, oh shit. And then you're then you had to wait until 2003 before you actually saw the actual showdown. So yeah, not just there was people talking about you know Freddy versus Jason or Michael versus Jason or whatever. That'd be cool to do. And then then they did that at the end of the movie. And then you had to wait that many number of years before it actually happened. So yeah, that was pretty hyped up whenever it finally did hit screen. And I I really feel like. Th- this was kind of the palate cleanser and also kind of this let's wipe Jason X off the screen kind of thing. Because if you recall, Jason X came out April 26, 2002. So it was, this was only a little over a year later when this came out. And so, yeah. and that was a massive flop. So I'm sure <laughs> everyone was kind of Sorry. glad to like, let's, let's just, Let's just pretend that didn't happen and move on, right? No. Yeah. You would you would uh actually alluded to uh well, I'm gonna say alluded to, but <clears throat> you mentioned that, you know, uh Friday thirteenth being in October this year, the last time it was uh-huh. was twenty seventeen. Uh, before the spook show even existed. Yeah, that's a year before. Yeah. And yeah. And the very next time that Friday thirteenth comes in October. 2028 that'll be our 10th anniversary wow there you go that, that'll be a big way to celebrate our uh part of our 10th anniversary for sure we we'll have to keep that in mind yeah who knows maybe by 2028 we'll have a new uh friday the 13th movie yeah. officially i'm not holding my breath because <laughs> this because of the way <laughs> things have gone with that over the last 15 20 years yeah we'll see what, yeah. what officially? Hey, maybe, maybe we'll get a, a, a Freddy. I'm sorry. I mean, a Jason versus Michael movie for Halloween that year. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, who knows? Oh, uh, was it Corey? Oh God. Was it Corey or Cody? Yeah. No. Cody Myers. No, it was. Uh, I think it was Corey. Right. Talking Corey. About in, in Halloween yeah. ends. Yeah. Yeah. No. Let's let's don't even yeah. don't even <laughs> speak that into existence because that'll be a thing. Shit. Yeah, you've done it now. It's sort of like when you, that's sort of like when you talk, I was like, yeah, it'd be great to do a musical. Oh, yeah. fuck. Oh, <laughs> Don't speak. Yeah, I'd already put put that movie out of my mind. When you said Corey, I was thinking Corey Feldman. Like, yeah, let's get Corey Feldman back to play Tommy and, uh, you know, yeah, Jason versus Michael Myers in 2028. Yeah. I don't get, screw the Corey from Halloween, whatever the hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, uh, getting back to Freddy versus Jason here now. I've I've found some interesting little uh, tidbits about it. Now, uh, there are a handful of working titles, but there's some that I that, there's one that I found that was pretty funny, and then a couple that are kind of interesting. Uh, one was a nightmare on Friday the Thirteenth, 
Now that's just another way of setting, saying Freddy versus Jason, right? But <laughs> that's a pretty clever one, right? A Nightmare on Friday the Thirteenth. But it also sounds like it's a like a a parody movie in the eighties or something, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You can see, like you said, it sounds cool, but you can see why they didn't go with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, two other working titles, and that's just because of the lineage of where this kind of sits chronologically and everything is Friday the Thirteenth Part Eleven, Freddy versus Jason. And another one is A Nightmare on Elm Street 8, Freddy vs. Jason. So I guess that depended on which direction they wanted to go as far as like, I guess maybe directly connecting this to say either the, the Elm Street series or the Friday the 13th series. Um, either way, interesting to say the least. Now, as far as chronologically where this movie sits... It's set after Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, which came out in 1991, and Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, from 1993. So I'm guessing that pretends that, uh, maybe not necessarily pretends, but it doesn't have anything to do with the uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare or Jason X, right? Because those are the only other ones that came out in between that I can recall without having the whole full list in front of me, right, Smoke? Yeah, I don't think there's another yep. Freddy or Jason that I'm forgetting there in between Freddy's Dead nah. and this one, right? So, um, and and I realized it was that. I mean, I knew I couldn't remember the exact date on Friday Thirteenth Part Nine, Jason Goes to Hell or whatever, but it, but yeah, it was ten years then. You had to wait ten years before you see the fight, the yeah. showdown that they uh, tease at the end of uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah, and I was roughly around thirteen or fourteen or so when uh, uh, Jason Goes to Hell comes out. And yeah, that was like holy <laughs> shit, like you say, you know, like. When you see the claw yeah. come out and take his mask, you're like, oh my God, it's going to happen. And that was the best thing about that movie. There wasn't too much, there wasn't too many great things going on in that film. That was no. the best thing about it for sure. No, no, for sure. Um, <laughs> although there are some memorable things now when you look back on it, but yeah, it's not, it's not good. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, this I mean, you got some X maybe, but you know, hey. <laughs> same thing there. There, there's only one th- a specific thing that I remember from Jason X, and that's the uh, yeah when the he face. Cry- yeah yeah when he cryogenically freezes the woman's face or whatever yeah. it was, boom boom that's it that was, that was I, yeah, awesome that was definitely a kill that that was well whenever we get to that movie pretty much guarantee that's going to be the <laughs> yeah. the kill scene from oh, that yeah, one yeah that that'll be the highlight kill for sure <laughs> when, you, when we get to that yeah. um but anyways this movie was released Fre- Freddy vs Jason I'm, I'm I'm talking about was released August 15th, 2003. So like I said, we're only a couple months removed from its actual 20th anniversary. It was produced by mm-hmm. it was produced by New Line Cinema and Crystal Lake Entertainment and distributed by New Line Cinema. It's rated R, of course. Total runtime of 1 hour and 37 minutes. On IMDb it's listed as an action/horror. Uh it was filmed in various locations around uh Vancouver and Toronto, Canada. From September 9th through November 26th of 2002, for a budget of $30 million, and it went on to a worldwide gross of $116.6 million. Damn. To date, or yeah, I believe to date still, this movie is the highest grossing film in either series. Made more money than any other Freddy or any other Jason movie. Now those reboots might have. I'm not sure. I didn't look that up. Remember, you know, there was yeah. a Friday Thirteenth reboot. And then same thing mm-hmm. with uh, 
Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. I'm not sure if that includes that, but as far as leading up to those, this was the highest grossing movie in either series, which I, th- I found was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that you had said, too, that you mentioned was of that time period in the 2000, early 2000s and up to what, maybe 2010 or so, or maybe a little longer, but shooting in Canada was a huge thing. You look up a, t- yeah. a shit ton of American films were made in Canada because it was so cheap to do that at that time. And then something happened. They changed some kind of things there, laws or whatever. And then I guess it became not feasible for them to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but there's a lot of movies shot there. for. I think they still do, but it's not nearly as much as it was. Like you said, yeah, that was almost, uh, almost everything was made there for a while. <laughs> <clears throat> I've got the top 10 in the box office. So this is the top 10 from, uh, in the domestic box office from August 15th through the 17th, 2003. Number 10 in its fifth week, Bad Boys 2. Number 9, this is Donnie's favorite, Spy Kids 3, Game Over. That was in its fourth week. Mm-hmm. You had probably seen it at least four times by that point, right? Yeah. That's once a weekend, so. Uh, number 8, Sea Biscuit in its fourth week. Number 7, American Wedding. I'm not sure where that falls in. The, it's part of that American Pie set of movies. I don't remember which one that is. Uh, number six, Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. That was in its sixth week. Number five, in its opening week, Uptown Girls. Number four, Freaky Friday. Number three, in its opening week, Open Range. Pretty sure that was an animated movie. Number two, in its second week, SWAT. And number one, with an opening of $36.4 million, Freddy versus Jason. So it, it, it won pretty big that weekend. I mean, the closest one was SWAT there with $18.1 million, so it more than doubled it up. So for one week at least there, Freddy versus Jason was king of the world. And like I said, it went on to a, a, a nice little uh, sum of $116.6 million, which I'm really surprised they didn't want to continue it up because uh, from what I could read, they had originally planned another sequel and it was going to be another crossover this time with the evil dead franchise. That was the plan. Uh, it was going to be Freddie versus Jason versus versus Ash. But <clears throat> for, for whatever reason, I guess it just kind of died on the vine, fell apart, Wh- whatever happened there. I didn't read deep into that, <clears throat> but it, it, it actually went on to uh, become a comic book series. They turned it into a, a limited comic book series by the same name, Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. And then they actually had a sequel to that years later called the nightmare warriors where it was another crossover between the three. But so yeah, if you want to know what, maybe what that kind of would have looked like or would have been on the screen, you can go check down the, or, you know, track down those comics. <clears throat> those I'm sure they're probably in trade format or something, but uh, yeah, that would have been interesting, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty, I, I would like to see that actually. I mean, well, I haven't, I've never read the comics on it, but now this is what I'm going to call a trip down into development hell, because that's what this movie was for a long time before it actually finally saw the light of day. The original conversations about making some version of this movie go all the way back to 1987 new line cinema and paramount pictures had tried to make a Freddy versus Jason movie all the way back then, but through various directors, dozens of writers. It would just 
it's going to be a thing and then it would fall apart. It's going to be a thing and fall apart. And then of course there was the <clears> fight with uh, what Sean S. Cunningham and back and forth between Paramount and New Line over the years, I guess as to yeah. who would kind of control what. And uh, for one reason or another, it just kept, let's do it. No, let's do it. No. And <laughs> yeah, you talk about the, uh, the directors tied to it uh, in the nineties, uh, Peter Jackson, Rob Zombie, Rob Botton, and um, uh, Guillermo del Toro uh, also. And then uh, I think James Wan as well in the uh, uh, in the early 2000s. Now, seeing something with uh, Guillermo del Toro or Rob Bottin doing this, that would have been something. <laughs> did I, did I fuck his name up? I fucked his name well, up. Well, when you're just looking at it, it does make sense. Because I think I... <laughs> I think I've said it too. Yeah, I don't, I don't know his name. Yeah. Axel Rotten. How, I'll just say how, Axel Rotten. Uh, how different would that have been? <laughs> how different would that have been, Smoke, if it was Del Toro? Yeah. Or, uh... <laughs> Especially Del Toro. Yeah. Yeah. That would have, that would have been a totally different movie for sure. Now, a lot of movies have those kind of stories. They're like, oh, you know, <laughs> this guy was connected and so and so. But like, I don't think it really got real until, you know, they find what you finally saw, right? Like, you know, in, in a few years leading up to that, but I, I don't think they had ever really gotten to a point where like, yeah, this is about to happen. It seems like the closest that it ever got was sometime around the time that, um, Jason goes to hell came out. I think, that, yeah. I think that was the the closest. So that would have been around 93 or so, you know, when that movie came out. So sometime around that time period, it seems like they got really close. Mm. Like it was about to happen and then it <clears throat> fell apart. And then that's kind of where, uh, Jason goes to hell came from. Was just like, so yeah. And there was, so there was happen. also, um, <laughs> they had some pretty dark twists, you know, in the original, uh, um, kind of early drafts of the, the script. Uh, one of those twists were, um, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie either raped or had a consensual relationship with Jason's mom. And, uh, and as a result, Jason. unknowingly was Jason's dad. Yeah. So, <laughs> and then, um, another, uh, twist that they had, um, was that Freddie worked at Camp Crystal Lake as a counselor and had either molested Jason as a child or was somehow connected to his drowning and, you know, his death. And, um, you know, Freddie being a child murderer. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. No, knowing yeah. Uh, Freddie's history and everything, you know, they could have made that make sense. But I feel back then the way, I don't know. well, I'm not saying it would have been right, but you could have made it make <laughs> sense, you know? <clears throat> but yeah. They totally, missed, they totally missed out on the Empire Strikes Back moment of like, you know, <laughs> Freddie's like, I am your father. <laughs> it would have been more like, I'm and Jason's like, Whoa! or whatever, you know. It would have been like, I'm your father, bitch. Well, <laughs> I'm your father. So, yeah, I also he want... Chops, uh, chops uh, Jason Tan off his claws or something. I don't know. Yeah, they missed yeah. out on that. Though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, something else I did want to kind of point out before we kind of move on. So, uh, this was... Well, you said it was 20 years ago. So, uh, 2003, um, the effects crew they used over 300 gallons of uh, fake blood uh, for, you know, for this film. But uh, uh, in today's numbers, 
that would actually equal 300 gallons of fake blood. <laughs> I was about to say, wait a minute, there's no, you don't adjust inflation <laughs> for gallons. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes we do that. I just thought it was funny. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was Moving more, on. This, uh, honestly, 300 gallons, I'm surprised it's not more than that, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's a lot, but well, I mean, you know, then again, there, there's some CGI stuff going on here too. So, it's uh, true. But anyways, th- this movie was directed by Ronnie. You, uh, of course you, you give writing credits to Wes Craven and, uh, Victor Miller because you know, the characters, Freddie and Jason. Um, but this movie was written by Damian Shannon and Mark Swift. Uh, it stars Robert England who comes back as Freddie Krueger. And this would be the last time. Other than maybe some, you know, I, I think he returned on that show, The Goldbergs. I think they had some little thing where he dressed as Freddy again. And there, there might have been some other random little things and reasons that he's done it. But as far as like in the series, this was it. This was the last time we saw Robert England as Freddy. Um, Ken Kersinger plays Jason in this one. I, I didn't look to see what, is this the first and only time, I believe, that he was. Yeah. Yeah, played, yeah. Well, no, not not. I think he played in uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. He was a he was a stunt performer. I, mean, I actually he was a stunt performer, and he was also a cook in one of the restaurants. Anytime I think of a cook in a horror movie, I think of that that creepy ass cook from uh, Sleepaway Camp. That's the only thing that comes to mind <clears throat> for some reason. <laughs> Anytime you bring up, I actually think of uh, Barth from "You Can't Do That." No, you a, can't do that on television. That's a good one, too. Barth. <laughs> that's a good one too. But no, I'm I'm thinking of that creepy bastard from Sleepaway Camp. Uh, mm. But anyways, I, I'm kind of surprised they didn't get Kane Hodder to uh, to do Jason um, on this one. I did read something on that. Um, they uh, the studio thought he was too small. They like uh, Kinzinger's height because. Kinzinger's what six five, and I think Kane Hodder's like six two. Not that much of a difference, but True. they wanted um, Jason to have like a towering appearance over over Freddy. He definitely. Uh, it, it is funny how you can see how uh, different actors portray Jason, and I know you know it, it's funny to say that because Jason never says anything, right? But if you if you focus in on how Jason acts and moves. In these movies, you know, when you watch them enough, you can see the difference between the way that they portray them, you know, throughout the years, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. Each, each one brought their own sort of swagger, if you want yeah. to call it that, to the Jason character, their own little thing. And I know Kane played them in Part 7, Part 8, Part 9, and Jason X, or Jason 10, whatever you want to call it. Mm. And this is the first time since, you know, since those movies it, it, it was played by a different person. And I can't tell you who played them each one of those roles in the earlier movies, but everybody brought their own sort of way to walk, way to you know move their body language and all that stuff to the Jason role. And I know he said he wanted this guy, of course, yeah, to be taller, noticeably taller, but also that he, he, he wanted them to move slower, I guess, than the way Kane Hodder had moved in the other movies. Mm. I guess he's a little more agile than, than what they wanted for Jason's character in this one. It also stars Monica Kina as Lori. Do you think there's got to be any connection or any twist there that they call her Lori, <clears throat> you know, in the, from the Halloween franchise? You think that, I mean, I know they spell it differently, L-O-R-I. You know, it's not Lori, it's Lori. Mm. Uh, you think that was on purpose or just coincidental? No. I have no idea. 
haven't really. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's definitely it could be on purpose, but I I hadn't thought of it until just now. Actually, <laughs> oh, they kept saying her name at some point when I was watching it. I'm like, it dawned on me. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, <laughs> is this is this on purpose? Uh, Jason Ritter as her boyfriend Will, uh, who is uh. Oh God! What's his name? John Ritter. John. That's his son. Yeah, John Ritter's son. Yeah. 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 Uh, Kelly Rowland as Kia. She is one of the uh, founding members, I believe, of Destiny's Child. Am I right on that one? Uh, yeah. Yeah, she was in Destiny's Child. Uh, Catherine Isabel as Gib. You know, I made a note when I was when we were watching it. The only thing I could think <laughs> of, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, it, it just pissed me off because I thought about Ginger Snaps. As soon as I saw her pop up on the screen I'm like fuck oh yeah, yeah. Fucking God, that, God, that was, uh, we still get hate we still get hate for ripping on that movie <laughs> but, fucking, I mean, and that's the thing like if you go back you know not to go on a ginger snaps tangent but like if you go back and listen to that we didn't really <laughs> shit on it it was just I think we were kind of disappointed because of the hype I think that was more yeah, of us like everybody's like, oh this is great and then we watch it and we're like yeah it's alright and then that's why we call it shit but whatever yeah, I guess so but it just reminded me, as soon as she popped up, I'm like, oh, shit, ginger snaps. Here we go. And, and again, like I said, we don't want to get on a, a go down the ginger snaps rabbit hole, but I think <laughs> that movie did come out back when it did come out, was in a dry spell for werewolf movies. So <laughs> Yeah. I think that was kind of a People dry, were happy. That was somewhat of a dry spell time period for all of horror, really. You know, it's few and far between that you got some good horror in those uh, late 90s, early 2000s year. I mean, really good stuff, you know, so... Maybe that's part of why it uh, still has some life because there's just not too much good stuff that came from that time period. Uh, Christopher Marquette is Charlie Linderman. He's gone on to some do some other stuff. Brent, same as Brendan Fletcher, who played Mark. You know the other guy that was in the uh, mental asylum there with Will. Um, really, that's about it. I mean, there's tons of uh, uh, you know character actors that you probably uh, recognize from uh, other things, including Robert Shea. <coughs> Uh, you know, who was the producer, I think, on every single Nightmare on Elm Street movie. He has a small role as the principal um, in this movie. So that was pretty cool. Um, outside of that, there there were two random little cameo, uncredited type things. Evangeline Lilly, who, you know, remember plays uh, Wasp in the Ant-Man and Wasp stuff for Marvel. And she was in that show Lost. She has a, a small role as just a student in the background next to a locker. And wrestler Rey Mysterio, the Hall of Fame legendary wrestler Rey Mysterio, has a small unca- uncredited role as, uh, I think he played, uh, he was like a stunt double, I want to say for Fre- uh, for Freddy, in one of the uh, boiler room scenes. I guess when you know, ah. he's jumping around or jumping backwards or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's basically him in the uh, Freddy get up. So that was pretty interesting, but. Yeah, other than that, I mean, uh, I, that's probably enough of the background stuff unless you guys had something else you wanted to point out. I know Betsy Palmer was, they wanted her to play, to reply, reprise the role as, uh, you know, Jason's mom, Pamela Voorhees, mm-hmm. but I guess she wanted too much for them, so they went with, uh, what was her name? Shaw, is that her last name? Uh, Paula Shaw, I think mm-hmm. it was, that uh, took over in that role. I don't know how much, I don't know what the number was that she wanted or what they offered her, but wasn't enough. It was too much that, uh, for them to take it on. <laughs> Did she ever reprise that role from the original? Or was, I don't, was just somebody that looked kind of like her? I don't I mean, they used her in, 
what else was it? What's well they had pan, oh um Friday thirteenth part four when when uh Tommy was and the sister whatever they were like kind of using the head or whatever the severed head or whatever it was they were using yeah. to kind of imitate the mom mm-hmm. to Jason you know so I would think of him or whatever I think it wasn't that in part four or maybe I'm thinking of a different one I don't know one of the, I know there was a later movie where they try to imitate Jason's mom and uh, to you know throw him off or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It seems like, and they, I think did, it seems like they did that more than flash. once, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. It's always kind and of. And I don't know if it was Betsy surprising the role or if they were just using flashback footage from, like, you know, prior one, part one or two. It's intermission, it's intermission. It's intermission, it's intermission. Ice cream, candy, lemonade, too. And there's a hot dog waiting for you. For you, the listeners of the All American Spook Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30 day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. So I hopped on over to audible.com and this time I just typed in Freddy versus Jason to see what would pop up. Only one <laughs> thing pops up, but I found this uh, interesting. If you're a fan of this, which I'm sure if you're listening, you probably are. There is something on here called Slash of the Titans, The Road to Freddy vs. Jason by Dustin McNeil. And that one is a little over nine hours long, so I assume that it's uh, probably a deep dive into what we were just talking about. All the twists and turns and shoulda, coulda, wouldas and almost that happened along the way to finally seeing this movie happen, I assume. Maybe it has nothing to do with that at all, and I'm just just guessing, but... uh, (laughs) That kind of seems like that's probably what it's about. So that's the only thing that popped up, but I found that was pretty interesting. So if that floats your boat, go over to audibletrial.com slash spookshow. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash spookshow for your free audio book. So now I'm going to hop on back over to IMDB, and I'm going to click on plot summary to see what we got. Hopefully there's a good long one to explain everything for you, Donnie. Because mm. I know the key points were hard to pick up on in this one. Oh, we've got a few. All right, here we go. We'll, we'll do the short one, and then I'll, I'll just pick out one of the longer ones because uh, there's two two that are, look about the same length to me. Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees return to terrorize the teenagers of Elm Street. Only this time, they're out to get each other, too. Uh, I think one's slightly longer than the other, and we'll go with this one because it was submitted to IMDb by Will. Not our Will, I don't think. Some guy named Will submitted this time. I doubt Will, our Will, take the time to type up a synopsis. <laughs> And submit it to IMDb. He's not even here to talk about it. Much less do that. All right, here we go. The ultimate forms of terror are about to be unleashed once again. Dream Demon Freddy Krueger. You know, that's probably the, the first time I've ever heard him just called Dream Demon. That, that's about as appropriate uh, of a description yeah. of Freddy there is, right? Uh, Dream Demon <laughs> Freddy Krueger is desperate to terrorize the teenagers of Elm Street once again. But he can't since the parents of Springwood have found a way to make the kids forget about him while doping them up with dream suppressant hypnosil. So, in order to inspire terror, Freddy manipulates hulking hockey mask serial killer Jason Voorhees through visions of his mother to go to Elm Street and dispatch the kids so the town will think that Freddy has returned. But his plans don't go according to schedule when Jason starts to kill all of his children, which really angers Freddy. And that's when Jason finds out that Freddy has used him, which really sends him over the edge. So it's up to teens Will Rollins, Lori Campbell, and Kia 
along with a few other survivors, to get Jason back to Camp Crystal Lake and Freddy out of the dream world for both of them to kill each other once and for all. That's a pretty pretty good description of uh, of the events of the movie there, right? Yeah, like you said, the Dream Demon reference is kind of interesting. There was actually a movie called Dream Demon from like late 80s, 88 maybe. So coming up next <laughs> on the Spook Show, Dream Demon. I, I never saw it, I don't think, but I think it, it may have even been a, a ripoff of uh, of Freddy or, you know, at least of a person killing somebody in their dreams. <laughs> I did love the uh, the way the movie starts with the mixing up of the music things. And you hear it a few times throughout the movie, you know, even towards the end, but how they kind of do the the Elm Street music and then kind of mix in the... I thought it was... Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, a perfect little music yeah, that was thing cool. that, like, all right, you know what you're in for. They're, they, they've they blended them together pretty well. And I also thought that they set the stage up pretty well of, like, they kind of quickly catch you up on what Freddy is and what Jason is. So as, as long as you had probably seen at least one Elm Street or Friday the 13th movie, you know what they are. Let's get to it, right? Like, they quickly set the stage, yeah. and now, here we go. You know why... Freddie has dug Jason back up literally to terrorize the kids. Now let's get into it. So I, I thought they did a good job of uh, setting it up there. Don't you think? Yeah, I think that was a, I think the the writing was great on uh, as believable as you can be when you're bringing two slasher killers together to fight, yeah. you know, uh, but using the Jason's mom thing to get Jason there. That was cool because that's the only way really that you're going to get Jason to leave crystal lake campground and go somewhere else is if mom mommy tells him to <laughs> yeah 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 so i think that was a, it was a good way to make it make sense and i think they probably did about mm. as well in my opinion about as well a job mm. as you possibly could to make this make as much sense as possible right like yeah. not just the setup but just yeah. in general like how like in this in this movie, right in this universe, essentially Elm Street is in Jason's town, kind of right. <laughs> like wherever the hell Camp well, Crystal Lake is, it's almost like well, well it's, it's not too far away from wherever the hell Elm Street is, right? And where what do you remember? Where's Elm Street? Did it say what state it's supposed to be in, or no? I don't. Or did they remember, never really? I, I don't mention remember that. them ever getting into the the weeds about that, like. Matter of fact, it's Springwood, right? Or at least that's what they say here. But I don't remember if they ever yes. said that, you know, it's not as specific as, say, Halloween, where it's like Haddonfield, Illinois. Haddonfield, yeah. Illinois, yeah. But I, I don't think and they ever did. Lake. I know the real Crystal Lake is in New York, and yeah. I don't know if that's where this one was supposed to be or if they even really state that either. I never really looked into that I don't part think they did. They, just, they were just like, what did I say, Springwood, I think is what they said. That's where Elm Street is. That's the town that they live in, mm -hmm. right? And then it's like Crystal Lake is a known thing. And remember, yeah. they got well, I do know that in part eight, they get to New York pretty fast, though, don't they? So I, I don't know. Maybe by part eight, they were kind of going with the Crystal Lake location close to New York because they get into the, you know, Jason takes Manhattan. They're not, it's not, they didn't have to go too far to get into New York Harbor. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Man, it's been so long since I've seen that one. Goddamn. Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> I mean, for that's probably <laughs> for some reason that's the one that like I haven't seen probably the longest out of any of them for whatever reason. Oh, for me, it was part nine. <laughs> yeah, well, goes that, that was, yeah, that's been a while too. But I want to say I've watched that one even more recently than Jason Takes Manhattan. 
But yeah, so I don't know how close, but they couldn't have been that far apart. It didn't seem like, because I mean, he gets there pretty fast, right? <laughs> yeah, and when they, and mostly it kind of comes into play towards the, you know, back end of it whenever they, the teenagers have Jason in their van and like, all right, we've got to take him to Crystal Lake, you know, because that's yeah. where they're trying oh, yeah. to. That's where they're trying to pull Freddy into the real world and have the showdown, right? So, like, just the fact that they're able to go from wherever they were in their town to Crystal Lake in a fairly short amount of time, that that tells me that the geography is they're not far apart in this movie, right? True, yeah. Which I guess... And, I mean, you got you, know, you definitely got to suspend disbelief as you do <laughs> yeah, yeah. for the types of movies. Otherwise, you start thinking about, now, Jason was walking from however, even if it's not that far, here's a dude in a hockey mask that looks like a zombie, like this big giant zombie mutant thing in a hockey mask walking down wherever. Yeah. And he just gets to wherever he's going. And he, you know, he's walking at slasher speed, which is, as we know from Leslie Vernon's really slow. Uh, <laughs> slow but <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You know what's he doing in the daytime? Is he just walking? Is there some woods he's walking through to try to avoid crowds and people or anything? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. think about it. You know, don't think about it too much. You can't, you got to just go with it. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to, you don't want to uh, yeah. <laughs> think about it too much because <laughs> then you'll get into the, like Freddie makes no sense whatsoever. You know, what's real, <laughs> what ain't, you know, everything. So just don't, don't think about it too much. It, this, <laughs> you know, this one is like a lot of them though. They're, they're just really, they're just supposed to be fun slasher flicks. Yeah. You know, like they're just popcorn yeah. flicks. Have a good time seeing some cool kills, you know, with your friends for an hour and a half. You know, that's to me, that's what these movies have always been. So I think right. in that regard, this one captures that pretty well, wouldn't you think? Yeah, because I think fans are, you know, you like I said, you got to suspend disbelief because it's each one of these killers gets killed at the beginning, at the end of each movie. Yeah. <laughs> they're always, they get killed because that's the climax, but you know they're going to come back. Yeah. So you just go with it and you just have fun. Some of the, some of the highlight kills though, I mean, and there's lots of good kills in this movie. Um, and yeah. you know, obviously I'll give away the highlight kill at the end, which, you know, I think it's going to be a little harder than most of the movies that we watched to come up with the one. Um, how about one of the, one of the ones right there, uh, toward the beginning when Trey, which is, uh, Gibbs boyfriend, mm. Jason comes over <laughs> and stabs him with the machete well, like four or five times, something like maybe even more a ton. And then just takes the bed and folds it in half. I mean, yeah. and but he folds him backwards, like. Whoo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and also, you know, like who who fucks in the uh, you know if you've got a house full of people who fucks with the door open? Well, I guess these douchebags do. Well, clearly he's <laughs> he's like that's his role, right? He's king douchebag. So if anybody mm. would do something like that, it'd be a guy like that, right? <laughs> Catherine Isabel. Yeah. Stunt tits. You think so? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the, those those were not her. Yeah. Those were not hers. Those were stunt tits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about the uh also this movie made being made at the time it was made in two thousand three, they were still putting the TNA in there. Yeah. Like now, nowadays you make a movie. I can't remember. Did 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 the remake of Friday the Thirteenth have any? I don't remember. I want to say not. that. I want to say that it did, but it's been so long since I've seen it. I could be wrong, but I want to say yes, but I could be dead wrong. 
because that's just one of the things that's kind of gone to the wayside now. Because you, if you think about it now, it's, it would be it's an awkward thing for people sitting in the theater to see that these days. It seems like, yeah, you know I mean? you're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, it was just a st- it was a trope of slasher movies in the eighties. I mean, it was just part and parcel of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, now like it's a it's a it's an awkward thing to be tacked onto it i mean not in 2003 i'm saying but i'm saying today <laughs> well you know you mentioned that that remake dude that was 14 yeah. years ago that was 2009 2009 man yeah true. it's been so <laughs> damn long since we've had new jason it's crazy you know considering the clip yeah. the, the clip that those things were coming at in the 80s <clears throat> and even a little bit you know a handful in the 90s and then led up to this one and then it just you know, it's crazy that there's yeah. been such a such a gap, and all we have now are uh, fan films. Matter, yeah. matter of fact, uh, that just I jogged my own memory there. Remember we talked about Never Hike Alone, right? We did that one. Mm-hmm. Well, Never Hike Alone two came out today on YouTube. Oh, it did. Yeah, it's it's oh, well, on damn. YouTube today. And hmm. I, I think this supposedly is supposed to be like, you know, at least, you know, it's, it's fan film, right? Uh, Tommy Jarvis, the last showdown between Tommy Jarvis and Jason is supposed to be the, the whole premise of this fan film. So, hey, look, I, I, I think we should give it a spin because I think we all kind of liked that Never Hike Alone, right? When we did it. I mean, this is the first and only uh, fan film we've ever talked about here on the show. But uh, that's one that we should put on the short list here pretty soon because... I'm interested to check it out. And like I said, we don't get new Jason, right? <laughs> Till uh, <laughs> Cunningham and Victor Miller and all those get their own heads out of their asses and figure it out. And is that is that a short one too? The one that you, the you know, the sequel? The short I, film as well? Sh- well, I remember that one, Never Hike Alone. I want to say that was roughly an that hour. That was feature. That was, it was about, uh, yeah, like it was an about hour. an hour. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't like an f- hour and a half kind of thing, but like you said, yeah. Yeah. Hold on, I'll take a look. Never Hike Alone was 54 minutes. Oh, okay. Never Hike Alone 2 is... Hold on, sorry. And it doesn't say. So I'd have to go to YouTube <laughs> to find out. It doesn't say on the IMDb page, but yeah, this is uh, supposed to be the, the showdown with uh, Jason and Tommy Jarvis, and it's got you know Tom Matthews in it and everything, so... Yeah. Oh, Tom Matthews. Well, that's awesome. That that, that alone is got me on board. (laughs) Yeah, that's him being you know playing Tommy Jarvis again. So yeah, we need to check that one out. But anyways, yeah, that's out now. So uh, give a little uh, shout out to uh, who's the guy that did that? Damn it, Uh, uh, Vincente DeSanti. Those are his. Those are his. So yeah, little shout out to him. Anyways, uh, what the hell? What even led us down that path? I forget. I, I think we're just talking about how long it's been since there's been a Jason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, some other highlights when Jason kills Gib by like he took like a some kind of metal pipe or something, right? And he sticks it through the the rave glow stick guy that's basically trying to rape her because she's yeah. pa- she's passed out and in Freddy's dreamland or whatever. So Jason comes up on him while that's happening and impels them both with like a pipe. I remember as soon as I saw the rave glow stick guy, I'm like, yeah, he's getting it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, forget, I mean, kinda, beyond the fact <laughs> of what he did, right. He was trying to rape, rape her yeah. even before that. I'm like, you see that guy in the crowd. I'm like, Oh yeah. Jason's getting, Jason's getting a piece of that ass. 
<laughs> and sure the enough, frosted tips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking like tied a bunch of glow sticks, dork. Oh, and he slung them or whatever, and then all the glow sticks went flying too. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was one of the better parts of this movie, too, is some of the comedic fucking slinging of people in this movie. Like, that dude, I mean, like, he didn't just throw that motherfucker. I mean, he threw him into outer space, man. Like, off that, off of that pipe, just slung him. I mean, like, and he, he had to have threw him, like, 400 feet, you know, <laughs> something stupid like that. Uh, later on, when Kia gets, gets it by the, uh, the, uh, machete, I mean, she, she fucking, she gets launched, man. Like yeah. Jason hit her with that machete and it didn't cut her in half or anything. It just launched ah. her into a tree and killed her. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like there was a couple others. Like I think there was one. Well, you got the, the over the top Freddie versus Jason. I think it's kind of the first time they, they face up and they're in Freddie's dream world. And then yeah. all of a sudden it becomes like a pinball machine. <laughs> Yeah, pinball rather. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was. That the was sound fun. Everything. <laughs> now that's that's bringing in that corny element of Freddy. Yeah, that, that's always been hit or miss for me. Like some of that stuff's hilarious. I mean, it's always kind of funny, but some of it's stupid. You know. Now I will say this: on one of my side. favorite, one of my favorite parts of, of you know, I guess kind of campy Freddy, was when um, old Kelly Rowan's Roland's uh, character Kia. was. Uh, Kia was a kid. Kia, yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> she, I guess she was, uh, she was in the, uh, plastic surgeon's office and she was looking at getting some work done and Freddie, you know, comes up and grabs, grabs her nose, uh, with his blade. And he's like, doc, your nose. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> and like chops her nose off her face. Yeah. Chops her nose off. And she's like, ah. <laughs> that was hilarious, man. Freddy's always good for at least one of those in every movie. Oh, yeah. like, the, like just when we watched the original a few weeks back with the, uh, no. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. <laughs> and the tongue comes out of the phone. Oh man. Well, he, he also, he does it in this one, except, uh, um, he, I guess he kind of, I don't know if he possesses, but, um, he, um, he shapes himself to be like, uh, Lori's dad. He's just, yeah. And you know he's trying to comfort oh, yeah. Lori. He's, he's like, like give me he a, just give me some sugar or whatever the hell he said, and to give daddy a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's always going to be some weird tongue play with old. You know that that must be a, a Robert England thing. Like this will be hilarious or gro You know, uh, as a gross out thing to put the <laughs> to put another one of those in there. Hilarious. <laughs> and of course, there's always. Uh, the one-liners, like I said, when uh, Kia is is right before like she gets launched, and then he says, "How mm. sweet dark meat!" You know that. Now that's a play. Yeah, that's a play off of the "How sweet fresh meat" line from mm -hmm. Good Lord. That goes back to like what part two, three, four? Smoke. It's early on. Yeah. How sweet fresh meat! <laughs> this time he said, "How sweet dark meat." You know, she, she, I think she's the only one though, that kind of has that one face off with both of them. Right. Like where she's kind of, she's like shitting on Freddie and she's kind of like face to face with him. Oh, yeah. He's kind of just standing there taking it. And then he's like behind you. And that's when Jason just fucking launches her ass. But 
Wasn't she saying she was? Uh, oh yeah, she was emasculating him, right? Yeah, saying yeah something like, about you got it, a little, yeah. a little weenie or something, you know, whatever she's saying. <laughs> he's just kind of standing there taking it, and it seems like I remember seeing some interview or or something with her around the time that this came out. Maybe it was in the bonus features of the DVD or something sometime later, <clears> where like she was legit scared to death during that part because like she's standing there in front of Robert England in full on Freddy gear. You know, there's a dude dressed like Jason, right? You know, she's got Freddie and Jason right there. So like, I guess some of that real life kind of fear kicked in like, holy fuck. Like I'm face to face with Freddie. And like, she was legitimately like, this is scaring the fuck out of me. But she, she troopered on and got through it. Uh, As one does. Yep. Yep. As one does when you're face to face with Freddie. We got the, uh, at the, at the big rave out in the cornfield, Jason turned that dude's head backwards. Oh, that was awesome. He just turns, turns it around. Then he gets caught on fire and then chases that one dude through the cornfield. Why, you know, you say chase, but you know, you know how Jason is. He's just kind of meandering, Yeah. but he's on fire the whole time. <laughs> and then <laughs> he, he only gets put out by the fact that like he hit a keg or something, right? And then the beer put, put the fire out. And then he just yeah. has a just has a slaughter fest there in the cornfield. Well, that one scene though, when he was on fire, he launched his machete, his flaming yeah. machete. The guy that he chases, yeah. That one guy. But the funny yeah. thing was, it was still when it, it goes through his whole body, you know, through his blood and all that stuff. His body comes out and it's still on fire. Yeah. Cool effect, but you're like, uh, yeah, that's not gonna. Yeah, that's probably happen, but that's it's, not that's not possible. <laughs> but still looks cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, deputy. Uh, one thing I thought was weird is you got this 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 little side character, Deputy Stubbs, who's a who's a cop, who's the one cop that's like oblivious to Freddy because I guess he's new to the force. So he's trying to figure everything out. So I guess he kind of gets cut out from the police. Like I mean, he's still a cop, obviously, but like the police are like, "Look, just do your fucking job, right?" But he wants to try to figure this out. So naturally, he goes to teenagers to help <laughs> to get help. There, there's a big logic gap there. All of a sudden, it's just like he goes from a cop that's trying to figure it out to now he's down in the basement with uh, some teenagers and a yeah. stoner, you know, like. Yeah, he he mentions, uh, they're like, how'd you find us? He's like, well, the mystery machine out front. Yeah. <laughs> how about the knockoff uh, Jay, you know, the Jay and Silent Bob without, oh, without Silent Bob? But that's straight up just. Well, we can't get uh, Jason Muse, so let's get this dude <laughs> right. Now, it is awesome though that he basically smokes weed with Freddie Pillar. <laughs> Freaking caterpillar, man! Freddie Pillar. Freddie is a caterpillar, like you know, full on. I Alice, guess like out in land, like the caterpillars was supposed to be the reference, I suppose, because yeah, he had yeah. the whole little hookah thing too, like the. <laughs> the caterpillar now it's a wonderland. How do you do? <laughs> he he just he just smokes basically smokes weed with him and then the Freddy Pillar jumps down into his body, which that was some horrible two thousand three CGI right there, right? That yeah. that looked pretty bad. Yeah, you do get to see the limitations of the CG from the time period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked cool twenty years ago, trust me kids. Now it's like oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but he gets possessed by Freddy. I guess Freddy kind of takes control of him. Not kind of. He does. He takes control of uh, the old knockoff Jay here. 
<laughs> because of the Freddy pillar. <laughs> he, Jason electrocutes Deputy Stubbs. That was pretty good. We're like, Jason's being electrocuted, then he just grabs him and just fries his ass. <laughs> and then right after that's where <coughs> Freddy gets Jason down into the dream world. Like I said, you know, they have the whole fight where it's like a pinball machine or whatever. But right before that, uh, he kind of gets to Jason's roots, right, of why Jason is wired the way he is and kind of gets him down to his young self, right? Like all of a sudden he's that that boy that drowned in the lake again. <laughs> and he's just berating him and he calls him an ugly... He calls Jason an ugly little shit. <laughs> hey, man, that is rough, rough. And then he like digs his, like he sticks his claw. He says, we have to dig a little deeper. You know, he pushes his claw against Jason, baby, or not baby, but juvenile Jason's head or whatever. And then go a little deeper and then sticks it in, pushes it in a little bit. Then you see, again, another example of some horrible sort of uh, early 2000 CG of his brain on the internals of his brain as yeah. the claws going through it. <laughs> <laughs> it's still better than the uh, Freddie pillar jumping into that dude's mouth, but yeah, it's still pretty, still early yeah. uh, CGI type stuff. Uh, I did like, you know what of, uh, do y'all remember that? Was it, what was that? Uh, oh God, uh, beyond whatever that the, the computer animated things that they would have, like a kind of psychedelic thing of whatever things dancing around going through these different things. That's kind of what the brain sequence reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah. I did like the, uh, call back to, uh, nightmare on Elm street three dream warriors with the hypnosil. Oh yeah. 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 Cause that was like one of it the main, main, <laughs> main plot points from that one. Right. Plus the, the mental hospital yeah. was the same one. Right. I believe. Oh yeah. That was the other callback I thought. And then of course there was the blatant sort of beginning scenes when they were showing scenes from all the various movies. And they had the scenes, some scenes from part three in there. Mm -hmm. Then you come down to the final, basically the final showdown. They, they do the old, let's drag Freddy from the dream world into the real world bit. That's been done a thousand times in the Elm street movies. They managed to pull it off and they bring him into the real world. So you get the final showdown, the actual real world, quote unquote fight between Freddy and Jason. Um, and of course they lose a few more of the, of the group during this process. That's where Kia gets launched and everything. But Linderman, Linderman, like he's fighting back and then gets kind of thrown against the wall, but he gets impaled on something that's on, there's like a something metal on the wall, some kind of rack or yeah, whatever the hell that was. Like a metal bracket sticking yeah, out. Yeah. yeah. And it sticks him in the back. Then he just kind of like peacefully dies. Like he tells Kia run. <laughs> and then he just kind of just leans over and dies in the, in the woods. So that, that's about as peacefully as you can ever go in a Freddy or a Jason movie, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were they were too preoccupied with each other to worry about whether you know, giving him a brutal death. I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, I, that that's that's pretty uh pretty nice death considering how it could go for you in <laughs> in these movies. So he just kind of nodded away. And also in this one, you don't really want, even though there is a final girl, but that's not what this movie's about. Cause you know, this movie's about the showdown between Jason and Freddie. So you don't really, doesn't have those, the typical slasher trope of having a final girl beat, you know, the killer or whatever. Although there was a final girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they still, they couldn't get away with completely not having it at all. So it's still there with Lori and uh, Will yeah. survives too, but yeah. 
Um, yeah. And she's, and she is part of the ultimate showdown at the end, right? Like, um, they're fighting there. There's propane tanks around. They explode and it launches both Freddie and Jason into the lake, into crystal lake. And Jason, uh, Freddie comes out and he's about to like, he's kind of hovering over Lori and will like, you know, he, he's the victor. Jason jumps out of the water and impales Freddie with his entire claw arm, <laughs> not just like the claw or anything, but like the whole arm. <laughs> impales him with it claw included. And then, uh, Lori, like I said, is part of the final ultimate moment there. She takes the machete and chops off Freddie's head. It goes into the water. Jason kind of falls back into the water. You think the end, right? Well, of course not. There's gotta be one little bitty thing left to do the next morning. You know, they're Lori and will have gone, you know, to, you know, they're, they're gone from the scene. Jason emerges from the water. He slowly walks back out and he's holding Freddie's head. And then right before the credits, Freddie's eyes open and give a wink credits. <laughs> so there is no true victor, right? It's, yeah. it's an ambiguous. Yeah. And which I guess, you know, it, looking back on it and, and watching it now, you're kind of like, well, that makes sense. You know, like you probably wouldn't want to favor one <clears throat> too much over the other. You know, you want to leave it open to do more. Like I said, they had planned to add Evil Dead or Ash into this mix. So I'm guessing that's part of why we saw what we saw there. But I remember seeing this in the theater. There were certain moments. Like I said, I saw it in a packed house where people were cheering. Like, <laughs> it's like there were teams, like people were. Yeah. For Freddie and for Jason, you know, like they were, they were cheering and yelling and stuff. And, and I remember that being a big moment when like, it cuts back to the the morning and then like the still water. And then Jason comes out, dude, everybody started like screaming and yelling, like, Holy shit, Jason won. And then, cause he's got Freddie's head. Then it winks. And they're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that, that was pretty cool to see it in a, a packed house for sure. But especially back then, but yeah, there you go. That's how we decided to celebrate Friday the 13th this year is with Freddie versus Jason. I think it's a, a good way to do it. And it just so happens to be the 20th anniversary. I still can't believe this movie. Jesus Christ, 20 years. Good Lord. Dang. We're getting old. We're getting old. Mm. So, uh, like we said off the top, and obviously if you've been listening or paying attention, Will is not here, so he won't be able to give his two cents, but we sure can. So I guess I'll get started with the ratings. Um, I hadn't really gave it much thought, <laughs> to be honest with you, up to this moment like how many stars i would give this it's not perfect obviously it's corny as hell but pretty much yeah. all these movies are you know to varying degrees um i feel that it's a pretty satisfying you know like, yeah you, you could probably do this or that better or anything like that and obviously some parts don't age well but i think for the most part it's a lot of fun and it holds up pretty well other than some of the cgi and stuff right so um you you give a shit about the main characters enough to care whether they survive or not, you know, in the typical, like you said, smoke final girl kind of way. So they, they do enough character work to make you care, right? At least about a, few, a couple of them. Uh, <clears throat> you get some really cool kills here. So uh, you get the one liners from Freddie and you get the, the stoic kill everything that's in front of you, Jason. I mean, I, 
I think it's a lot of fun. So, I mean, like th- this might seem high, but I mean, I, I really enjoy this movie, you know, and the number of times that I've seen it. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go three and a half stars mm. on my scale for this. So, uh, Donnie, what do you say? Yeah. Um, you know, all great points. Um, you know, this, my, my scale is a little different. Um, you know, typically if, if, uh, if it's a movie, I would, you know, I would watch, you know, rewatch it, you know, again, it's gotta be at least three. Uh, this is definitely there. Um, I don't think I'm going to go quite as high uh, as you, but I'm, I'm, I'm right in there, uh, right in that wheelhouse, uh, pretty, pretty close to it. Uh, I'm going to go, uh, three stars. Smoke. Yeah, I agree with both of you. It's uh, you get what you expect from this movie. You know, it's 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 fun. You get the you get cool kills. I mean, you could go back and forth with the positives and negatives or whatever. I mean, there's we talked about the CG is dated. I mean, but it was what it was. It was the best of what they could do at the time. Uh, but in the end, do you have fun with this movie? And and I do. And uh, I've seen it a few times now. And uh, you know, it's always it's always a fun watch. Uh, do I rate it as highly as the, as some of the original ones from the eighties? No, you know, it's not definitely not as good as the first of e- either of those franchises or even the first, maybe three of those franchises or whatever. Uh, but it, yeah, it's definitely fun. Uh, I think I'm going to echo, probably echo Donnie's rating and I'll go with three stars as well. Yeah. I, mean, I think overall, we're all kind of saying the same things. Like, is it a perfect no- movie? No. Um, it's not as good as some of the other entries in, in both series, obviously, but if you just want, you know, just two iconic horror figures, you know, doing their thing and, and, and fighting each other and everything like that, I think it's, it scratches the itch pretty well. So, and it's a mm-hmm. lot of fun, you know, just pretty good kills and everything. So I, I think overall, we all highly recommend you checking it out. So before we completely check out here for this bonus episode, though. Connections. Yes. All right. So, uh, yeah, with this uh, Crypt Connections, we connect the current movie episode uh, by any cast or crew connections to past Spook Show episodes. So for Freddy versus Jason, <clears throat> probably no surprise here. Uh, Robert England uh, on the cast side, uh, Freddy Krueger. Uh, he was also in past book show episodes um, when we covered Never Too Young to Die from 1986. Uh, Behind the Mask, The Rise of Les- Leslie Vernon. And uh, we just did A Nightmare on Elm Street. So uh, that's the cast side, Robert England. And on the crew side, probably a little, uh, uh, well, I don't know if this is uh, really a surprise, but uh, it may not be a household name, but um, um, makeup effects artist Patrick Baxter, um, he's done various various roles within uh, makeup effects, uh, special effects. Um, <clears throat> he, he was also, uh, uh, did the effects for, um, or I'm sorry, he worked on the effects crews for uh, when we covered House of the Dead, Evil Dead, Dawn of the Dead, 2004, mm-hmm. and Mandy. Ah. 
Interesting. Well, we don't have Will here to give the uh, official kill count, but from what I can tell, just from a brief look around the old interwebs, sounds like the number might be 22. But we'll, we'll wait to hear Will's official number one of these days. But uh, until then, let's talk about the kill reel. Highlight kill. This is tough for me because there are some pretty good ones. There's there's not a lot though that stand out like head and shoulders above the rest, but there are some pretty good violent kills here. Um, the only one in my mind that I keep coming back to that as far as like the one that you would might remember the most from this. And there's some pretty good ones. Like I said, would probably be right toward the beginning when uh Gibbs boyfriend, Trey gets uh, stabbed like multiple times with the machete through the bed and then Jason just takes the bed and folds him in half backwards. Like like I said, Kia getting like hit by the machete and slung across the tree and you know, like that's pretty brutal, but like I think that's probably one of the more inventive ones in this movie. And there's some pretty good ones between Jason and Freddie, so I'm gonna go with Trey getting folded in half by Jason in the old bed there. So Gore school. Yeah, this one's got a decent amount of splatter in it. Uh, it definitely has more than, let's say, any of the Friday the 13th films before it since probably part six. Because, uh, you know, we talked about this before on the show, how they, they kind of crack down on overt gore, especially in slasher films, because they didn't want to have people, you know, people were rooting for the slashers. You know, that it was the whole time of the PMRC and all this stuff going on as far as censorship censorship groups and everything parents cracking down on or wanting them to crack down on the violence and stuff. So part seven, part eight, and I, I don't remember part nine, but I believe there was an R rated and an unrated version of part nine. It's been a while since I've seen it. Seven and eight were almost bloodless. Yeah. There's plenty of kills, but most of those were trimmed down or they had to trim them down to get that R rating from the MPAA. So yeah, I think you can pretty much outside of part nine, like I said, I hadn't seen in a while and I believe there was an uncut version and I'm sure the R rated version probably was, Fairly bloodless, too, at that time. Part 6 might have been the glorious Friday 13th until this one came out. And then uh, same kind of thing was going on with Freddy, too, as you get to some of those other, you know, what, Dream Child and some of the other ones that, you know, they cracked down on the violence in those as well. Time, so It was good to see that return to some, some you know, more graphic splatter. Like you said, that the, the highlight reel, you know, kill reel was, or, you know, kill scene was awesome. Uh the cornfield with the slinging the guy and all, even though that wasn't necessarily super splattery, it was, it was an awesome kill. And then the, uh, the flaming machete through the guy, uh, tons of kills in this one. They were all, all pretty good. Uh, I think I'll go with a six on the go on the, on the gore score on this one. It was, like I said, it was just good to see a, a, another slasher movie at that time come out that, that, that they could get get away with more gore than they could in the ones that came out prior to, at least you know, the ones that came out in the late eighties to early nineties. And like I said earlier, we were only a little over a year removed from Jason X, which had some a couple of good kills in there, but for the most part, yeah. it just was not good. You know, so yeah. that, this really, <laughs> uh, you know, I think it probably in a lot of ways helped people forget about that movie. You know, like all right, that <laughs> yeah, that happened, but I mean, fuck that. This is this is the one you want to see. You know, as far as early 2000s, this type of stuff is concerned. 
um, yeah, there we go. That's it. So, uh, make sure you, you stay tuned to, uh, the podcast feed because Monday we are releasing the third annual spook show awards again. I say releasing it again because we originally did that last month over on our YouTube channel. Now, if you want to go over there and check that out, it's still there in its entirety with the videos and everything. Just know that this version that we're going to put on the podcast feed Monday is an edited down version. So it doesn't have, obviously, because videos are a visual medium. (laughs) We took that stuff out and kind of condensed it a little bit. So if you want to see the full thing, go over to our YouTube channel. Also, we just posted the 2023 kill reel, which has all the highlight kills from everything Mm -hmm. that we watched over the last calendar year. That's over on YouTube now as well, because that was part of the Spook Show Awards festivity. So if you want to check all that out, go over to YouTube. But otherwise, if you just want to hear what took home the Spookies here for the third annual 2023 Spook Show Awards, come back Monday, October 16th for that right here, 6 p.m. East as per usual. And uh, then the next week, we'll be following it up with episode 183, the original Halloween from 1980. No, not 1980. 1978. So, lots of cool stuff. So, for Will, who couldn't be with us, Donnie, Professor Smoke, I'm Josh. We are from the All-American Spook Show podcast, and we'll talk to you next week. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car. Be sure to remove the speaker before you leave. If you should accidentally pull a speaker loose, please turn it in at our snack bar or box office. Thank you.